Alberto was having dinner with his girlfriend one night and took a quick video. He posted it on Snapchat and didn't think much of it. Two weeks later, that video had earned him $94,000. Welcome to the bizarre and troubling world of Snapchat Spotlight. Snapchat said that they were going to pay me about $3,000. You may have earned $7,876.54 from your submission. How can someone make $30,000 from a Snapchat video? $15,000. It is crazy. Snapchat are giving away millions and millions of dollars to creators for posting simple videos under 60 seconds long. A lot of people aren't even aware of this opportunity and even fewer people have realized the huge problem. 19 years old, he has made, correct me if I'm wrong, but it says $3 million since November from Snapchat? Yeah, so $3 million in the past five weeks. Snapchat is used to being copied. Snapchat's story feature has been replicated by just about every social media competitor. Instagram, Facebook, Messenger, even YouTube all decided to launch essentially the same thing. However, now it's Snapchat's turn to do a little copying of their own, which is why near the end of 2020, they launched Spotlight, a feed of videos under 60 seconds long that's more than a little similar to TikTok. But since Instagram did the same thing with Reels, YouTube have done the same thing with Shorts, how are Snapchat possibly gonna compete? Simple. Give away a million dollars a day. With YouTube, the amount a creator earns from a video is determined by how much ad revenue it generates. But with Snapchat's new Spotlight feature, they did things differently. Firstly, since the money comes from Snapchat and not advertisers, all videos are treated equally. A video of someone dancing at home can earn just as much per view as a video about investing. But the really major difference with Snapchat is that instead of paying creators proportionally for the amount of views that their video gets, there is a daily prize fund. And the videos that get the most views per day split that daily prize between them. So it's kind of an all or nothing situation. If your video gets less than about 100,000 views, you won't see a penny. But if it does get several hundred thousand views, you're likely gonna be getting a lump sum payment of thousands and thousands of dollars. And this may be why you haven't heard a lot about Snapchat Spotlight. People wanna keep it a secret. The more creators post in videos, the more competition and the less chance of being one of the top videos of the day. In the early stages, when even less people knew about it, there are reports of users earning over $100,000 for a post. Think about that for a second. That's more than the average teacher earns in over two years all from a single video that was just a few seconds long. But here's the even crazier part. Snapchat's algorithm is kinda similar to TikTok, in the sense that a random video can blow up even if you have zero followers. On your very first day, you could have a viral snap and earn thousands. However, you saw the title of this video. Before you excitedly start spamming new videos on Spotlight, we need to talk. 
quick search of the Snapchat-related subreddits will reveal many questions like this. Do people make money reposting other people's TikToks? The answers are, some of them do. My mate has. I don't even see original content anymore, just TikToks. And in some cases, people have openly admitted it. I got paid from stolen content, just make sure the watermark is removed. And whilst maybe you think it's just one or two people who've slipped through the cracks, I don't think so. The deeper I dug into this, I kept finding more and more. And this is just the ones who publicly admit it online. I imagine the vast majority of people don't publicly admit to it. The thing is, it seems to be largely teenagers doing this, who in many cases genuinely don't seem to have any idea about copyright laws. Like one saying, I've made 20k from doing this, but it's mad immoral. Of course, the correct term here is illegal. People are earning thousands from simply re-uploading other people's content. And if it goes viral, they're making way more money than the original content creator will have made. It's entirely possible that the original TikTok earned the creator zero dollars, and yet the person who reposted it on Snapchat will have made several thousand dollars at least. Some even saying they've earned 58K and 34K from reposting other people's videos. Now, Snapchat's terms do state only post original content and will remove infringing material reported to us by rights holders. And I'm sure that's true. But the only way someone would know if their work is being used without permission is if they happen to stumble across it in their Snapchat feed, which in a sea of millions of videos is very unlikely, especially since a lot of creators aren't even on Snapchat. It's not even like there's a link to the videos, so it's incredibly hard to track. If you're a creator yourself, it's very possible someone has made money from reposting your videos, and you have no way of knowing. Now, let's just back up a second. I realize me talking about copyright may seem very hypocritical, given that I use YouTube and movie scenes in my own videos. So I want to be very clear. I'm a huge advocate of fair use, which is a legal principle that essentially allows you to reuse copyrighted material if you're heavily transforming it. For example, if you take a small piece of someone's content, but then use that to create a whole new separate piece of content, great. But if you just clone the original and try to make money from it, not so great. So I think fair use is hugely important, but I don't think re-uploading someone else's videos in its entirety with no changes should earn them more money than the original content creator. Hardly anyone seems to be talking about this yet, but I did find a small group on a legal subreddit voicing these concerns, and they guessed that more than half of the people being paid are stealing videos. They said, Snapchat has done absolutely nothing to help prevent content thefts, and is almost encouraging it by their lack of support. The sad part is that 99.9% .9 of these people will get away with it, with tens of millions of dollars in their pockets. Now, I always assumed Snapchat's big legal trouble would be when explicit underage pictures were found on their servers, because let's be honest, I'm sure the Snapchat servers are filled with nudes and Snapchat's largest demographic is under 20s. But I do feel that as Spotlight becomes even more popular, 
Snapchat are gonna encounter some issues with this video problem. Unless they offer creators some kind of content matching system like YouTube has, where you can detect, monetize, or delete stolen videos of yours. Because right now, it really is a wild west out there on Snapchat spotlights. So, I really don't want anyone to be negatively impacted by this video. In fact, I hope it helps some people by making them aware of the risks. And honestly, it's a small risk. Getting paid for stolen content is unlikely to lead to any kind of lawsuit or anything, but it could. And I do think from Snapchat's point of view, if you have an app used largely by under 18s who've been in lockdown at home, and then you tell them you can earn thousands of dollars for a video, you've surely got to be prepared for vast amounts of stolen videos to be re-uploaded. But again, I get it, it's a really difficult thing to manage, and I'm sure over time they will do a better job of policing it. So, what's the point of this video? At first, I thought it was going to be to tell you all about this opportunity with Snapchat and present a new way anyone can make money from home by creating original videos on Spotlight or reposting your own YouTube Shorts and TikToks. And I still think you can do that. But then when I realized some people were getting paid from stolen content, including many under 18s, I thought this video was going to be an investigation into the potential ramifications for everyone involved. And I still think we haven't heard the last of this stolen content issue. However, thirdly and finally, I realized my real concerns aren't just about Snapchats. Because this whole thing actually reveals another issue that I think is even more worrying. like make stories up ultimately the content you just try and make something that's as like viral as possible so i'd go film like a hundred dollars in a bush and be like holy crap i can't believe i just found this and that's a video right there and then five minutes the timer resets and then you gotta make another video and a hundred dollars somewhere else and then like i'd put i'd put a candy bar in the sofa and i'd be like my son is hiding his food in my couch and that's a video right there. And like the tear for like what it was. I'm insane, dude. It, it, I don't want to say it was, I don't know. Like you just need to make as, as clickbaity, I guess, as a video as you can. And how many would you upload per day? <laughs> Literally from morning till night, every five minutes. Time for a very brief history of online videos. In the early days of YouTube, the algorithm looked at which videos were getting the most views and then took that as a sign people were interested in them, so promoted them more. As a result, we got a lot of misleading clickbait thumbnails and people trying to artificially increase their view counts because what mattered was just getting more views. Flash forward to today and YouTube promotes videos based on factors like watch time and how much of the video each user watches. In other words, the goal is to promote content the user has a good experience with which makes a lot of sense. And that's why most social media algorithms now are looking at things like average view length as a strong indicator of quality. However, short form content, often just 15 seconds or less, is clearly becoming increasingly popular. And I would argue it's much harder for algorithms to tell what's good quality content when you're dealing with such short videos. If someone watches all of a 10 minute video, they probably had a good experience. But if someone watches all of a 10 second video that just popped up in their feed, 
that doesn't necessarily mean it was a good experience. For example, I've seen people recommending that on TikTok or Snapchat Spotlight, that a good trick is to have some text that's hard to read, so viewers have to watch the video multiple times on loop to be able to properly see it, thus racking up watch time and getting promoted more. And there's lots of other techniques you've probably seen that are designed to get more watch time, but not in a way that actually makes the video better. My point here is that with really short videos, I don't know if high quality content will necessarily rise to the top. It honestly seems like a lottery. Let me show you. I posted some short videos on Snapchat Spotlight as a test. And when I posted one of my original videos, the first time it got 12 views in 24 hours. Then I deleted and reposted, and it got over a thousand views in the next 24 hours. The same video. I then posted two random pet videos from a stock footage site. Both were just random, average videos, nothing really different about either of them. One of them got three views, the other got 2,000. It just feels so random. And this is why on Snapchat Spotlight, you have people posting hundreds of videos every day, just spamming random content in the hope one of those videos takes off. I think yesterday I posted 162 videos I counted. And yeah. two of them did well. So you have to be willing to, it's a full-time job. I literally would just sit there every single day and you can upload a new video every five minutes and that's what I would do. I'd wait, set my timer every five minutes and I'd upload a new video. So my question for you is that as more and more social platforms look to prioritize really short videos, what is the future of content? And should we be happy about that? On one hand, maybe I'm just being a content snob. At the end of the day, if people weren't enjoying the short videos these algorithms were serving for them, they wouldn't be watching them. So I guess you've got to give the people what they want. But on the other hand, I can't help feeling that these algorithms are almost rewarding quantity over quality when it comes to short videos. You're incentivized to just post as much random content as possible and see what sticks. I've heard it described as content pollution. With these super short videos, it seems more likely you'll get a big payday by pumping out loads of videos instead of spending all that time making one really great, thoughtful, unique video. And obviously the more people that just pump out hundreds of low effort videos, the harder it is for the high effort videos to rise to the surface. He made $2.7 million from it just in December. And all and he does, 18. all, all Cam Casey does is upload videos of him like putting Mentos in Coke right. or putting chlorine in Coke and right. making it blow up watermelons and stuff. Just the, the smallest little things that you'd never think of, just millions yeah. of views. And he just bought a, um, he's 19 by the way, and he just bought a McLaren 620R, which is easily over a six-figure car yeah. at 19 from Snapchat. From Snapchat have now abandoned the one million a day prize fund and changed it to millions a month. So there's still huge money up for grabs, but probably less money given away each day and higher competition. So I think if you already have TikToks or YouTube shorts that you made yourself, it's still worth reposting them on Spotlight with any logos removed because it'll only take like half an hour and you could make a few thousand dollars if any of them go viral. As for reposting other people's videos, it seems you can still get away with it. But 
I just think that's a legal time bomb waiting to explode, and I'd recommend staying away from it. But finally, as for the future of content in general, and this switch in focus to really short videos, well, my personal theory has always been that if the algorithm is just serving you random short clips, you don't build the same connection with a creator that you do with longer form videos. It's also a lot harder to monetize short clips. So I think that's why a lot of creators start out on something like TikTok or Spotlight, but then later also start a YouTube channel or email list for longer communication with fans and for videos that are evergreen and can be watched for many years. After all, Vine, the original short form video platform, died out because it never really found a sustainable business model for such short videos. Which is likely why TikTok has now expanded its video length from one to three minutes. And Spotlight may well do the same, because it seems impossible they can keep giving away so many millions to creators without having some longer videos that advertisers will pay more for. The battle between the social media platforms over the next few years is gonna be interesting. But as all the social media platforms try to copy each other and fight for our attention, it probably means more content pollution. Everyone just dumping the same videos and shorter versions of those videos everywhere. I've found a lot of people who don't like YouTube Shorts because it's largely just reposted TikToks, most of which offer no real value. And Snapchat Spotlight definitely has the same problem. I've seen frustration from the creator side too, where they'll pour hours and hours into a piece of content and then watch on as a really low effort TikTok or Snapchat Spotlight video blows up instead. In my own personal experience within the education niche, Trying to distill content into such a short time frame definitely hurts the quality because you lose so much substance and nuance. But spamming lots of vague short clips about making money online seems to be doing better than a lot of in-depth, long-form business content. So I totally understand why a lot of people are doing that. Don't hate the player, hate the game. So to conclude, I think it's clear we are heading for a world with a much higher quantity of social media content. But whether that's a good thing remains to be seen. If you're wondering how this video was made possible, then the answer is today's video sponsor, Skillshare. By now, my guess is you've probably heard of Skillshare, but you might not be aware of what a huge range of useful online classes they have. One class in particular that I'd recommend is Geordie's Advanced Video Editing with Adobe Premiere, which can help you produce some awesome creative videos. If you check out the link in the description below, the first 1,000 people will receive a one-month free trial to Skillshare Premium, so you can get ad-free access to loads of useful classes like this one. You'll also find a link below to get a free trial of the full Adobe Suite as well, so you will be well on your way to creating some amazing content.